Okay, thanks so much for listening. I want to go over um, the month of Av right now and uh, take sort of like a maybe a Kabbalistic overview, um, maybe draw out the, the divine map, if you will, of this month. And um, focusing specifically just how the energy changes now that we're um, past uh, Tisha B'Av and we're heading toward Tuba'av. So Tisha B'Av is, is the ninth day of the month of Av and it's the saddest day of the Jewish calendar and um, marks so many tragedies. But as we all know on a deeper level, it's uh, in its essence, it's actually a holiday and it's destined to be a, a great celebration. But unfortunately, we, we, we didn't merit to, to, to celebrate this year. Um, but nonetheless, it marks a big turning point in the, in the year and um, an rectification, a, a, a strengthening and a, and a, and a brightening of the, of the divine flow that's coming down. So we see this in, in a number of beautiful ways. I want to talk about the, um, the, classic, the classic way um, uh, th- that I know of, which is a teaching of the B'nai Yisachar about Av. And then I want to add uh, 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 some, some new thoughts, maybe, um, that just flesh this idea out some more. But um, everybody knows that every single month, has a different combination, a different permutation of the name of Hashem that's associated with it. And um, the month of Av, that tziruf, as we say in Hebrew, that combination is He and Vav and Yud and He. So, so um, the B'nai Yisachar says something very amazing about this. Um, if you look at the first two letters, He and Vav, that's actually the last two letters of Hashem's name, because as we know, Hashem's name is Yud and He and Vav and He. So the first two letters of the month of Av are He and Vav. In other words, you see the name of Hashem is going in reverse, the first two letters for Av. So, so this is very significant, because as we said, each, each month, has a different combination of, of, of the letters of Hashem's name. Now, there's one month in the year where the entire name of Hashem goes in reverse, and that's the month of Tammuz. Um, and again, this is significant because the name of Hashem, the Yudke Vavke, um, just so you know, uh, so that nobody gets confused, we, we alternate between saying uh, Yud Ke Vav Ke and Yud and He and Vav and He, but it's the same name. Um, basically, we're, we're, we're just introducing different uh, sensitivities that we don't want to even spell out Hashem's name unnecessarily if we don't have to. So, conversationally, we say Yud Ke Vav Ke, but it's really talking about Yud and He and Vav and He, this divine, ineffable name, the Tetragrammaton, as they say. Um, of Hashem's name, and um, everybody knows that it's a contraction of um, Haya, Hove, and Yiyeh, which means uh, was, is, and will be. In other words, the name of Hashem is an expression of eternity. And um, as Rabbi Yitzhak Isaac Haver points out, don't make the mistake of thinking that eternity means the, the ever-lastingness uh, of time. But it's more than that. Eternity means a dimension beyond time. So that's a, that's a very big point. It means a dimension of existence that is not bounded by time. So when we say that, when we talk about Hashem's holiest name and we say, um, 
was, is, and will be eternally, it doesn't mean um, ongoing in this dimension, but it means transcends this dimension absolutely completely and is infinite. So infinite is probably a, a better uh, word than, than eternal. But because the name has sort of like this little taste of time in it, was, is, and will be, we have to know that God is, is beyond, 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 beyond time. Okay. So now, the month of Tammuz, and it also sound, it stands for the mercifulness of Hashem. So this is, this Yudke Vavke is the name of Hashem's uh, divine mercy. So now, we see it's very significant when we say that the month of Tammuz, that the name of Hashem is spelled backwards. So the arrangement for Tammuz is um, He and Vav and Yud and He. I hope I got that right. <laughs> Whatever, whatever Yud Hey and Vav Hey is backwards. That's that's the combination for for uh, the month of Tammuz. Now, why Tammuz? Why does it have that negative energy, if you will? And again, let's just pause to remind ourselves that the the prophet Zechariah um, says that in the name of Hashem, Hashem speaks through him and says that all of these fast days are going to be big holidays. So even even this month, the month of Tammuz is going to be. Uh, you know, a big holiday. But this three-week period between um, the 17th of Tammuz and the 9th of Av, this period of the calendar that we refer to as um, uh, the three weeks, and of course the 17th of Tammuz is, is when uh, we uh, worship the uh, golden calf and, and, and when the, uh, the tablets, the luchos, were smashed by Moshe. So that's the beginning of this period. But Tammuz also is... Um, kind of very heavy for another reason, because it's the month when the spies started exploring uh, the land of Israel. And um, that's, that's, that was a big turning point in, in the history of the entire world. We were supposed to go from Mount Sinai uh, and a short trip directly into the land of Israel, led by Moshe Rabbeinu, and that would have been it. That would have been that would have been the end of days. That would have been the end of history. That would have been, you know, just the 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 ultimate the ultimate best case scenario. But it didn't happen. The spies went in, and um, and uh, they issued a bad report, and they left on the first day of Tammuz, and they came back the ninth day of Av. So we see the entire month of Tammuz is sort of immersed in the sin of the spies. So that's very significant. So we see it makes sense that the month of Tammuz is the arrangement of Hashem's name of mercy in reverse. Okay. So now we can revisit what the B'nai Sashar, um says. He says, okay, now let's look at Av, okay? Now remember, let's just do a little bit more background before we can fully appreciate his thought. So we know the beginning of the month of Av, the first nine days, are very, very heavy. Um, it's a continuation of the, sort of the energy of, of Tammuz, because the, the three weeks go from Tammuz into Av, okay? So the beginning of Av, the first nine days of Av, are very, very heavy, like Tammuz. And then the Gomorrah says the 15th of the month of Av, also known as Tuba Av, the 15th day of the month of Av is one of the happiest days of the entire Jewish calendar, that that Tuba'av and Yom Kippur are the two happiest days. You know, in over this long exile in our own 
personal uh, religious upbringing exiles were so used to uh, thinking of Yom Kippur as, as a sad day, you know, because who wants to who wants to fast and be bored out of our minds, which was so many of our experiences on Yom Kippur, unfortunately. But the reality is, is that it's absolutely one of the happiest days of the entire year because Hashem is forgiving all of our mistakes. How could it not be? So, um, so Yom Kippur is actually really, really happy. And um, if you ever have the opportunity to daven in a Rav Shlomo Karlach minion on Yom Kippur, you'll see there's dancing and, and, and uh, it's all done with fear and trembling, of course. But at the same time, there's a sense of the joy and the, and the, and the cleansing and the divine favor that's, that's coming down and that's taking place in such a beautiful way. So, okay. So... So what we're learning here now is that the Gomorrah says that Tuba'av, the 15th day of the month of Av, is one of these absolute happiest days of the calendar. And um, the Gomorrah lists several reasons. Uh, I, think, I think my favorite reason, actually, well, there are five reasons, but, but I'll just name two. Um, my favorite reason is because it was on Tuba'av that the Jews realized that the 40-year decree... Um, of wandering in the desert was over. So, so in other words, that 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 thing that started with um, with the spies in the month of Tammuz totally ends on Tuba Av on the fifteenth day of the month of Av because we realize the forty years is up. So, very very happy day. Um, and then also, and maybe we'll be able to get more into this uh, a little bit later. Um, that. Uh, that there was a custom among the Jewish women in Jerusalem on the 15th day in the month of Av, which is a full moon, they would get white into white dresses and they would dance in a circle and the single Jewish men would come to this, uh, this gathering. And actually, we learned that the first king of Israel met his wife, King Shaul met his wife at one of these gatherings. And, um, and, and it's an opportunity to, 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 to meet women. Now, one of the, or to find a, a marriage partner, more, more appropriately. But, um, but, but something so beautiful about this uh, event, as described by the Gomorrah, is that um, all of the Jewish women exchanged dresses with each other. So that means that the rich woman wasn't necessarily wearing the fanciest dress. And she might be wearing the, the least fancy dress. And maybe the poorest woman was wearing the most fancy dress. And so you didn't know, based on a very superficial glance, who is who. Which means you had to look deeper. And that's so awesome. That's so awesome. Because Tupa'av is really the fixing of the sin of the spies. Because if you remember, the spies went out and started off this whole negative period that ends with the 15th of Av, when they realize that the 40 years of wandering is over. So isn't it interesting, the, the way Reb Shlomo explained it was the, the spies sinned with their eyes. They just saw the land on the most superficial level in the world. And now, on Tuba Av, people are getting married. You know, living in the land of Israel is like a marriage. You know, you're, like the land itself is like a soulmate. And um, and so now, on the 15th of the month of Av, you know, you're looking for your soulmate, but you don't know. She's rich, she's poor, she's from a good family, an established family. You don't know. You can't tell by a first look. 
So it's fixing this looking with superficiality and making you go so much deeper and then bonding with your real soulmate. So, so that's a beautiful thing. So anyway, there's so many great things about the 15th day of the month of Av. But now we're ready for the Torah of the Bnei Yisachar. So let's repeat the combination of letters for the month of Av. It's Hey and Vav and Yud and Hey. So now we see very directly what he's saying. You see how perfectly this fits. That Hey and Vav, the first two letters, are the name of Hashem backwards, this name of mercy going in reverse, because the first nine days of Av continue the energy of Tammuz. And so just like Tammuz, the whole name of Hashem is backwards, so the first two letters of the month of Av are backwards. But then something amazing happens. It goes Hey Vav, but then it goes Yud and Hey. Ah, Yud and Hey, that's already the normal direct sequence of the Yud, Hey, and Vav, Hey, right? So Yud and Hey, it's being, it's being, the energy is being rectified, it's being, it's, it's being uplifted, it's being straightened out. But even deeper, even more amazing, the Gematria of Yud and Hey is 10 plus 5, it's 15. So the 15th day of the month of Av is the day that that all of the energy, all the divine flow, gets uplifted and, and, and rectified in its highest, highest, highest way. And there's so many awesome teachings about Tuba Av, but um, I want to focus on a different point right now. So, so I want to add to this idea of the energy being rectified at this point. So everybody knows that the first day, um, the first Shabbos, rather, after Tisha B'Av, is um, a Shabbos, a very special Shabbos, one of the few Shabbases in the year that have a, a special name attached to it. It's called Shabbos Nachamu, the Shabbos of Comfort. And um, it's named after the, the Haftorah um, from Isaiah, Yeshaya. It says, it begins, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami. Be comforted, be comforted, my nation, my people. And, um, you know, it's a double comfort because... Because just like um, we've been afflicted doubly, so we're comforted doubly, right? But, but it's more than that. It's more than that. It's like our affliction has been like almost supernatural. And so our comfort is also going to be supernatural. Um, where we'll see the fixing of the entire world. So, so that's our destiny. And that's an awesome thing. Now, I can't tell you the name of the Rebbe. I wish I could. But something so sweet. He says, why... Because all the Rebbe's want to explain why Nachamu Nachamu, why why does it have to be repeated? So so this one Rebbe explained the first Nachamu is you know something, all the hard times in your life really really they were good and uh, and helping in the deepest way. And the second Nachamu is Hashem saying, but still, I'm sorry that you had to go through it. So, to me, that's so beautiful. Such a loving God, right? And, um, okay, so let's keep on going. So, I want to say the following. I want to say the following idea. You know, we were supposed to go. We mentioned it a few minutes ago. The original plan was we were supposed to go from Mount Sinai straight into Eretz Yisrael. And a lot of people don't know it, but we actually spent, and this is the best case scenario version still, we actually spent one year encamped at Mount Sinai. And we were learning new mitzvahs every single day. So, 
so there we were at Mount Sinai, and um, Hashem says, okay, it's time to journey into Israel. And unfortunately, it was during that little period on the way into Israel that we decided that we had to send advanced scouts ahead of us uh, into Israel and to check out whether whether we could conquer the land or not. And of course, those, those scouts were the spies. And that's where... Uh, it all goes south, so to speak. That's where everything begins to fall apart and all the problems begin. Um, if you look, it's actually chapter 10, verse 35, I believe, in uh, the book of Numbers, uh, of Midbar. Um, there's something very, very amazing. Uh, if you, you can look in a normal um, Chumash, or you can even look in the Sefer Torah itself, and you'll see something very, very unusual you'll see right at this spot, right as the Jews are beginning to encamp, there are two upside-down nuns. A couple of psukim, a couple of verses from the Torah that are set aside in these very large, unusual brackets, these upside-down nuns. And um, something positive, uh, there are verses that talk about when when the Ark of the Covenant rose up and our enemies would flee and everything like that. It's a, it's a positive thing. But the reason why it's inserted in there, and there's even an opinion in the Gomorrah that, this is a, that these two verses are actually a separate book of the entire Torah, is to break up all the negativity that's going on right at that spot. All the problems that are, that are coming there. So these two nuns are coming to break up all the negativity. But they signal, unfortunately, the sort of the, 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 the low spiritual state of the Jewish people at this point in time. And so they're upside down nuns, which is also indicative of a, you know, a, um, a downward spiral uh, in spirituality and in, and in energy. And of course, we know that shortly thereafter, we're, um, you know, condemned to losing an entire generation in the desert before we can go into Israel. Okay, so now I want to say the following. This period ends, this period where the the spies are pretty much beginning, ends with Shabbos Nachamu, because because now Tisha B'Av is over and Hashem is comforting us. Now, isn't it interesting? It just sort of like jumped out at me this year. Isn't it interesting that the first two words of the Parsha of the Haftorah are Nachamu, Nachamu, Nun, Nun. And they're upright, these nuns. They're glorious, these nuns. So these two nuns, I'd like to suggest, of Nachamu, Nachamu, are coming to rectify the two upside-down nuns at the start of all the problems, right around when the spies come. And um, and uh, let's go a little bit deeper, okay? So the, the nuns of Nachamu, Nachamu, are coming to rectify the upside-down nuns in Peloscha. That's the name of the Parsha where they occur. All right, now listen to this. The sages say, you know, one of the problems was that uh, when Hashem told us that we were that that it was time to journey forth from 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 Mount Sinai, that we ran away from Mount Sinai like schoolchildren running out of the schoolhouse, and that we thought, you know, something we're getting new mitzvahs every day. Hashem just told us we can go. Let's get out of here before we get more mitzvahs. So basically it was, run! <laughs> there was this, this sense that, let's get out while the going is good. And that was not 
great for Hashem. You know, Hashem was like, hey, come on, you know, these mitzvahs, it's, it's for your good. You know, I, I always, uh, I always think of this story. I, I know I've shared it before, but, um, when, uh, our, our first child, you know, you always introduce uh, new foods with a with a new baby one at a time because, God forbid, if there's an allergy or whatever it is, you want to know exactly what 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 food it's tied to so there's no confusion. So, you know, you, you introduce a new food at a, a, a you know one at a time. So, so uh, it was a very exciting day for me and my wife because we were going to give our first child chocolate ice cream for the first time, and we were very excited because we knew he was going to love it. And we put it on the spoon. And, you know, if you don't know what chocolate ice cream is, it kind of looks like brown glop. I mean, it's not really the most uh, tasty-looking thing in the world. And our son, Moshe, refused to eat it. And we couldn't figure it out. We were like, it's chocolate ice cream. You're going to love this. And he was absolutely not having any of it. And we just... You know, in frustration, we just kind of like jammed it into his mouth. And he was like, ah, he was so happy. So... So Hashem is giving us mitzvahs, new mitzvahs every single day at Har Sinai, and 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 we run, we run away from Har Sinai. So, so anyway, um, so so I want to say the following. Again, the idea being that the the two nuns of Nachmu Nachmu, which is coming after Tisha B'Av, the first Shabbos, is coming to write and rectify the energy in the way that the uh, the Bnei Yisachar points out in the in the arrangement of the letters of Hashem's name for Av, how it turns midpoint. Well, this Nun Nun of Nachamu Nachamu is correcting the upside down Nuns where all the problems started for us uh, at the time of the spies. So if you take the gematria of Nun and Nun, Nun is the letter 50, so it adds up to 100. 50 plus 50 is 100. That's the same gematria as the phrase Lech Lecha. So Lech Lecha means to walk. It means to walk. So I want to say that not only are the nuns of Nachamu Nachamu coming to fix the upside down nuns, but they add up, nun and nun add up to Lech Lecha, which is a walking toward Israel, which is coming to rectify the running away from Mount Sinai. And so, so let's keep on going. Um, I just want to wrap it up. And just throw in maybe uh, one more Torah, one of my favorite Torahs from Reb Leibla Eger. Um, and um, he points out something which is great, which is he says that, you know, the first uh, Torah portion that we read every single year after, uh, after Tisha B'Av is uh, Parshas V'yes Hanan, which contains the giving of the, the which contains the, uh, the Ten Commandments again. So, so it's so beautiful. He points out that 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 right after Tisha B'av, we're getting the Torah all over again. And he says uh, something even stronger. Actually, he says that after the first tablets, the first luchos were smashed, the Jews had a crisis because it says the first the first uh, the first commandment, the first uh, the first one says Anochi Hashem Elokecha. I am Hashem your God. And so after the luchos were smashed, the tablets were smashed, the Jews wondered, is Hashem still our God? And so, so one could ask, after all the tragedies that we've endured, 
as a people on Tisha B'Av, and that we've all gone through in our own personal lives. I, for all I know, that we're still going through, right? After all of the hardships, one could ask, is Hashem still our God? And so the first opportunity Hashem has, the first Shabbos after Tisha B'Av, we get the Ten Commandments again with the words, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, I am Hashem your God. So Hashem is saying, you know something, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, you should always, 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 always know that I'm still your God. And Hashem should bless us with simchas and with all good things, and we should all be able to celebrate the fullness, the fullness of these future holidays together soon.